hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Mailbag. My name is Damo, and I'm joined, as usual, by Clarky. Mate, you're well clear at the top of the ladder. How are you going, mate? Uh, the view down is humbling and scary, and I don't like this. When is it? Are the wheels going to fall off, or are we going to keep going? What's going to happen? I can't stand this kind of anxiety. No, the Dockers have lost two sets of wheels for you. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for taking that hit. And we've also got Patch joining us. You all know Patch. Patch Hello. How are you, Hello. I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Damo? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I'm excited to finally be on a mailbag episode. Yeah, when I asked you, you would you jumped at it. I, I mean, I've been waiting for the, the call to, you know, take the jumper off and, and run off the bench for 11 long weeks now. And each each week that passed where you found someone better than me was both understandable and cut deeply into my soul. Um, but I'm here now, and that all of that's behind us. Um, well, while we've got you, Patch, what was your favorite footy moment from the weekend? Favorite footy moment from the weekend was... My favorite moment, footy moment for the weekend, was um, the final kick in the Essendon-Richmond game, which was the kick, the goal that put Essendon up um, you know, with the, it was it was the final siren. That's that was the, the 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 game turned off after that. It stopped being a game of it was that was the final moment of the game that put Essendon up, and we we won. I'm pretty sure that's how I remember it. Anyway, it was great. Up and about, screaming, running around on my couch. We'd beaten the reigning premiers. Um, great stuff. Great great football moment. Clark, you do need to tell him. Uh, tell me what. I think it's better if we don't. I, I've heard bad things about breaking people out of these stupors. What's with stupor? Such... No, you guys won. You guys yeah, beat... yeah, st- stupor. That's like happiness, right? Like I'm, yeah, yeah I'm happy um, because it. we won. Yeah, I think because of COVID restrictions, they only actually played three quarters of football. So um, yeah, I think you're correct on that one. Yeah, awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear. Um, I'm glad to hear you're validating my versions of reality and events that may or may not have happened. Go the Bombers. Clarky, I'm sure everyone can guess, but was what was your favourite footy moment of the weekend? Everything that happened in the second half of Friday <laughs> Friday night's game. Um, it's like It sounds really biased. I didn't actually get to... The problem is I didn't get to watch a lot of footy on the weekend, unfortunately. Um, so I basically sat down to watch the Melbourne game and the first half was very much sadness. And then the second half was like, hey, we can, we, we can do it. Who is this? Hello? When, you say, when you say it, you mean win a final, yeah? We could, we can win games. Four-quarter football is something that Melbourne has been doing this year, and it's it's refreshing. It's it's they empowering. Have, what, well, what's that, that like? It's oh, it's like honey on the tip of your finger, just drizzling into your mouth. Patch as. As a fan of Essendon, and I'm a fan of Fremantle, we don't really know what a four-quarter performance looks like, do we? No, I've I, I've only heard rumours of such a thing. Yeah, I think I've seen it like maybe once from my team in the last like ten years, and I think we still lost the game because it was just a four-quarter performance of shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's one thing to put a you know consistent four four-quarter performance, but for it to actually be one worth watching, that's yeah, that's something else. Although for you it would have been four quarters going like going through four quarters straight without having a player be injured would be enough for you at this stage. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about my favorite footy moment from the weekend being anything from the Dockers game because 
what a train None wreck that was. But what I did love was seeing Optus Stadium packed. That was good. There was no seat left in that stadium. Heavily and- pro-bombers crowd walked away with a win. Good on them. No long-term injuries either. No, no, I don't know what you're talking about, Clarky. I don't know what you're, what you're talking about. <clears throat> before patch malfunctions. Hey, Damo, have we got any questions this week? <laughs> we do, but before we get to that, how did your Supercoach team go for round 12, the first da- buy round? Damo, have we got any questions this week? <laughs> patch, you want to go talk about yours? No, no. No, I, did, no, right. I scored 19 right, we'll... still lost rank. It did okay, not go we'll... this weekend. Okay, we'll just go straight into the questions then. We don't I think need to talk what, about so, uh, Look, if we do talk Supercoach performance, I think, what, 2K was about the average. I think if you came... If you came away with anything from 1,800 to over to 2,000, you did all right. And I think it's just enough to get through with almost competitive scores. I have friends and my, particularly my brother. Uh, he was very upset when he called me on Monday uh, about his super coach score. And I was like, things aren't that bad with my 1923. All right. Clarky, you want us to get into the question, so we'll Please, move let's into do them. It. Please. First one comes from first one comes from Frogger on Twitter. If you had to get rid of one at their round fourteen buy, would you move on Stephen May or Jaden Short? Jaden Short. Is that your Melbourne bias coming through, or do you genuinely think that? I think Stephen May has a lot more potential to turn up. I think Jaden Short's been kind of struggling this year, and he's on a bit of a bit of a downward trend while Stephen May's on an upward trend. So really, if you're trading out a primo, which we don't always advocate, but if you're trading out a primo, Jaden Short's also worth more money. Um, looking at it, 469 to a 440 or so, Jaden Short's last four, 101, 77, 106, 78. And let me bring up Stephen May, last four of 95, 72, 90, 106. So, I mean, you're not getting really that much increase in performance when you even it out or average it out between the two of them. The performance is probably going to be the same. Upgrade's an upgrade, though. Either is fine. And I was talking about this with uh, Bryce Mitchell, friend of the website, earlier today, and he sees Stephen May and Jaden Short as what he likes to call a Tier 2 premium player. And so he sort of... he he was He was standing in the position of he doesn't mind you trading either of them if you want a more consistent scorer. And he just says, trade the one that's at the highest value that's going to get you the better player that you're trading in. So if Jaden Short at round 14 is the one with a higher value, then go with Jaden Short. If Stephen May has somehow overtaken Jaden Short, then you probably have to trade Stephen May. But obviously, if you want to keep Stephen May because of the consistency as you were talking about there, Clarky, then... I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I think as well, I feel like Stephen May has a higher ceiling because, and it's something that I think uh, was flagged to me earlier in the year when I think Foz and I did the Richmond podcast, but Richmond tend to share a lot of points around. Like there's ne- like there's very rarely, like unless it's like a Dusty or um, even like a Shea Bolton one week or another, there's very rarely games where guys are going massive out of the out of this world scores every week. 
it's always kind of, you know, you got 120s, few like 100s, few 115s, and then a bunch of 80s, you know. I think Stephen May, he's, you know, hit a high ceiling of 145 this year. And the way that they're playing, he likes to play free. He likes to get the ball. He takes a lot of kick-ins. So I can see where the points are coming from. Yeah. And Jaden Short has games where he can score two points from about three disposals and then games where he gets points for literally breathing. So you probably want someone whose scoring sources are far more... um, known i guess is probably the word patch do you have any of these players who would you trade out first i have both of those players i am i allowed to say neither like unless you've got 14 trades and are just laughing your way to the bank like don't like don't trade either of them because they're primos and we're scrounging to get primos either way like i know that there's there's that real incentive of oh we need to get enough players for this this final buy because it's terrible and awful and going to eat all of our souls but I, I don't think we should be trading premiums out unless we've got a billion trades, no other problems with our sides. Like, just hold both of them, Frogger. Like, like yeah. back yourself in. If you're going to cop two donuts, like, just, just cop the two donuts. Like, hopefully there'll be a rookie that comes up and you can sideways a, a Harry Sharp to him or, or something like that. I Like, it's absolute last resort for me to to trade out a Stephen May or a Jaden Short. I think the only way that I could justify it would be you're getting rid of one of them to move Rory Laird back into your defensive line and then fill out your defensive line. You're trying to cash out a bit of money there, use it in your midfield. I can kind of see that. There's an argument for that. That's probably the only like really like super acceptable get rid of the primo. But I suppose he's probably asking the question because he's in a much more fortuitous position. I would hope so because that's not a trade I could ever entertain in my current position. I'd, I'd you had to pick one though. Oh, gun to my head. Devil's avocado. Devil's oh, oh, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I just short because he's had slightly poorer form over the last couple of weeks. Like I, I can't split them. Don't want to split them. Don't trade either of them because like I just, yeah. And if you're trading these two players out, there's also the discussion of who do you trade in. And as Clarkie said, you could move Laird into your backline and bring in a midfielder, or you could be looking at one of the two players that AJ has asked about. He's tossing them up. Um, he he wants to know Lockie Whitfield or Tom Stewart. And my answer is simple: Tom Stewart because he doesn't play for Leon Cameron. Agreed. I, you'll get no arguments from me because Leon Cameron r- ruins everything he touches. Um, and like, yeah, we know Whitfield's had had a few issues of of keeping it all together on the park from from injury, from from suspension, from bad luck all round. Shouldn't weigh into future performance. Has scored 80, 110, 120 in his last three games. He's building really nicely. Play, plays North Carlton, then Hawthorne. Could score really, really big in all three of them. I understand the appeal. I don't. Five hundred k, very good price. Has had the buy. I'd, I'd probably prefer Whitfield of those two. Maybe. I love that. I've just watched you turn yourself around as you're reading out that. Hang on. Hang on. Like I. It's, it's got to be Whitfield for me. I think he's just building a really nice run of form, and they've got a pretty decent run of games for the next few, especially with North Melbourne this week. Um, 
Tom Stewart's a little bit more expensive, but he's probably priced at exactly what it is. Not, he's about 20K more expensive. So bring in both, really. But if you had to pick one, I'd probably pick Whitfield. Two against one, Whitfield and Stewart. So Whitfield wins that one. Also, I have Tom Stewart, so that's probably a little bit... I, I don't I don't think you can go wrong with either. I'm personally picking Stewart, but I don't think you can go wrong with, with either. Yeah, no, that's that's correct. Tyler, your mate, uh, Patch, he wants us to talk him out of Callan Ward. I I mean, I've, I've had Stern Wards, uh, Stern Wards, uh, Stern Words with him no, no, already. No, it's Stern Wards. Stern, Stern Wards, Wards as well. Um, Stern so Wards about Callan Wards. Stern, again, about Callan Word. Um, just don't do it. Just just don't do it. There are still, all right, one, plenty of giants to come back into that midfield who will eat up his time, eat up his contested ball, eat up all of the stuff that he does to score points. He's He's been scoring really well recently, and I'll get the stats up just to, to give some context to anyone listening who, shockingly, might not have considered Callan Ward. Um, and well done for not considering Callan Ward. Well done. I applaud you. So last three rounds has averaged 118. He's priced at 494k. Very tasty price, as we've mentioned with Whitfield coming up against North Carlton and Hawthorne in his next three. He has gone 120, 110, 125 in his last three. But before that, the four rounds before that little run of form, 89, 45, 92, 86. I reckon that's what he averages when you get the likes of Toby Green. And who's missing from that side? Canelio. Like the other, there are other footballers that Leon Cameron will throw into the middle that's because he's ball. Leon Cameron. Um, secondly, I don't want to hear you complain every Monday morning in the office when you come in and complain about Callan Ward's rubbish score. <laughs> Thirdly, um, like, do you not remember what he did to Essendon when he ducked and got that free kick and kicked the goal basically on the siren? Like, you shouldn't be trusting this man. So there you go. You've got. The personal, the emotional, the rational reasons why you should not bring in Callan Ward. Don't do it, Tyler. Please. I'm begging you. Should we talk about the reasons why he might be a good option? No. No. Josh Kelly is a better option, and he is priced 60k more. That is not a lot of money in the grand scheme of primos. And Josh Kelly is more likely to have that consistent role. He's really come back, and he's done it for five games, not three. But Clarkie, what if you don't have that 60K? 60K is a lot of money in Supercoach this year. Bring in Matt Rowell in two weeks. He'll be fine. Okay, let, let's let's play Devil's Avocado. Like, da- invoke the spirit of Jock. Devil's Avocado, why would we consider Callan Ward? I think Damo probably has some good numbers to back me up, and well, that's what I'm scared of. I, I, you- I know he does, and... I, I feel like the community does need to hear it. Do you remember Callan Ward before he did his ACL in 2019? Yeah, he was good at football, good at super coach. He averaged 104, almost 105 uh, one in four out of five seasons, in, in, including one where he went 112. And in the back half of 20. 18, so the year before he did his ACL, he only had three scores, four scores below 110 to finish the year. So is this him getting his form back from before he did his ACL? Um, no. I will not be presenting. I will not be showing my work. 
Um, I, I did not. I'm I not will be taking no further questions. Um, you wanted an answer. You got an answer, Damo. Um, like I, I feel like it's a very different giant side to the side in which he was that main pillar in the middle, like shoveling it out. They've got, they've had the emergence of Jacob Hopper. They've got Tom Green in there who they need to shove midfield minutes into or else he'll leave for a club that will treat him with some goddamn respect. Um, they've got other players who are trying to rotate through that midfield position. They've got Kelly, they've got Whitfield, they've got Toronto. They've got Toronto. They've got other players that I'm sure were first round selections in gun midfielders that also need to play Perryman. in midfield so they don't leave. Perryman, O'Halloran, the other Ganiglio, other private school sounding names that are very good at football and need their midfield minutes and Callum Ward. I don't think fits there for the rest of the season. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I willing to gamble on it? Absolutely not. No, thank you. Huge okay. pot option, but I think you're you're picking him at his price point, not for what like, not because he's going to be a premium. You're picking him because he's cheap and presents yeah. like a gamble in value. If if you need an option this week, I'd rather you pick Matt Rowell and just say, well, I'm just going to pay sixty k more than I would have to for him. If you need someone this week, I'd rather you go with Matt Rowell than Callum Ward. I mean, look, all things considered, though, it's your team and. I'll be honest, I love a cheeky gamble. Because if it pays off, baby, who's in the money? You. That's you in the money. Picture yourself in the money right now, sitting on your porch with your big mare sash and going, yep, I traded in Callan Ward and this is what it brought me. That could be you. It it could. I mean, it could be. But for players coming off their bite, like I'd rather Joel Selwood. Um in that position i can't go behind that like anyway well we're about to talk about the value options that have just had the round 12 buys so should we start with joel selwood sure let's start with joel selwood um the name that i plucked from the top of this list that's just come up and Uh, should we sort and when we say value should we stick around should we look at the players around 500k obviously Joel Selwood's a little bit more expensive than 500k but should we try and get the players around that mark and and below or yeah. what what constitutes a value pick um well i think you've you've got value picks that are 600k players that are down at 550 you've got you know 550 down at 500 i think anything where they're below their price point is about value but i think a lot of people are looking for that 500k option um coming off the buy just because it's a it's a nice price point um, and I think one that, that a lot of people are just hoping to do and then save up for a, a parish or a, a big gun next week. Um, so I think Selwood kind of fits into that mix. He's averaging 107 for the year, turning back the clock, um, the old warrior. Um, it's been a bit up and down, um, so you're taking a risk, but you get the highs with the lows. You get the 130s, of which he's had four scores of 130 or more this year, and he's had the four scores below 97 um, so he's had the, the 96, which you take, 88, 288s, had a 66 against St Kilda, which isn't ideal, but it's the only score below that 88 that he's had all year. So he's, he's a bit more consistent than he has been for the last few years. Is that because there's been personnel that have been out of that Geelong side for a little while? Is that part of the reason? And when Dangerfield and Guthrie and all of these guys are back, does that push him back out, do you think? Well, Dangerfield is back. He's been named in the Geelong side for Port Adelaide on Thursday night. So I'm personally a wait and see on Joel Selwood, but obviously his price is going to go up a little bit if you do leave him. So if you need someone here and now, he's probably not a bad option. I just don't know if we'll see 
as many scores in that 110 plus range from Joel Selwood to finish out the year with all these Geelong players returning. All right, well, another name to throw at you then, 530K, so a little bit more than what we were looking at, but potentially a $600,000 prospect. Travis Boak just come off the bye, averaging 109 for the year, played the 10 games. Is, is he someone you're considering? Oh, he's almost averaging 110. He's, he's, he's four weeks since he missed with that, was it a quad issue? I think haven't it was only been two all, weeks. Hasn't been all that inspiring. With only one score above ninety-seven in those four weeks, but maybe the buy has helped him. But I just wonder if he's being if he's been pushed aside by other midfielders at Port Adelaide, like a Sam Powell Papa or an Ollie Wines. Yeah, perhaps. Well, Clarkie, you've got some things to say about Ollie Wines, considering he's currently, what, in your side? I will confirm. Yes, I like that. I think that I think Ollie Wines is probably on the cusp of someone who I would say is a value pick um, of what we're looking at. 549k, three-round average of, what is it, 106? Um, love they love him with the in and under. They love him with the hard ball gets, and like you said, Travis Boak hasn't been that inspiring. And I think Ollie Wines has been the beneficiary of that. Um, I like it. Five forty nine k. He's kind of in that perfect price point where I'm like, has potential to be six hundred k plus. Probably not going to drop a lot further, like a lot below five hundred k if he at his worst, which is my danger area there. Should we look at other lines like the forward line or the defense? So there, are other, there are other lines. Oh no! All no my wonder my team's so bad. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about someone who is a value pick, but not a good value. In Nick Haynes, who is three hundred k. Oh lord! Goodness. Is he someone that people might? look at and do we need to talk them out of him at talk people out of selecting him at his price picking a 300k defender is probably the worst gamble you could make given what we know about all of the good defenders but will people be picking him up on reputation or will people be picking him up based on his year to date? I think people might be picking him up on reputation and hoping he can turn it around. And all I can say to those people is the same thing I've said about Patrick Cripps all year. Pick him up when he turns around, get two or three games of consistent, oh yeah, he's scoring well, maybe we should consider him instead of, oh, maybe he'll have two or three games where he scores well and we'll turn around. Wait for the signs before you pick him, please. For the love of God. Well, his teammate, 453k, Isaac Cumming, is averaging 92.1 in defense. Is he someone that you would consider at that price point? Or would you go for, or would you prefer to go for someone who's hasn't had the buy yet, like like Stephen May or Jaden Short at around that same price? It's hard obviously to see this WS question defenders I think. Yeah, obviously this question is asking for players that have come off the round 12 by, but mm. Stephen May and Jaden Short are both around that same price. 
I I find GWS defenders to be like a really weird it's a chocolate discussion. Yeah, like apart from Whitfield, it's I can't think of anyone who I'm just like absolutely need to have him. Um, like I think the combination of like Isaac Cumming, Lucky Whitfield, Iden Haynes, they've got some really good defenders, but none of them that would blow me out of the water as like a value pick kind of guy. Yeah, I feel um, like coming and Ash might be stealing points off each other, preventing one of them from being that that out and out primo. Their Ash is averaging the eighty seven, coming averaging ninety two. Like Ash has shown some really good signs. I I wouldn't feel comfortable picking either of them, but I wouldn't hate somebody picking up either of them either. Just as a they'll they'll do at D six. That that might be the play, but also four hundred and sixty six k. Jack Bowes is coming back this week allegedly. I think I'd probably rather someone take a punt on him or try and get up to a Tom Stewart if you don't have him at 522k. Um, I've seen people talking about Trent McKenzie this week. I love the canon, love the meme. Don't do it. What about what about someone like Alira Leah at 442k? I like Alira Leah. I think he's he's one who's going to be up and down though. He's going to have games where he blows it out of the water, but I think he's probably. At best, maybe an 85 averager. I know people want their defenders to be averaging 95 plus, but Alia only has one score below 75 for the year. That sort of floor is very respectable, especially in the in the back line. Well, you could do far worse than Alia. I'd probably be potentially holding and waiting for someone next week. Um, like a yeah, I think there are other options about that price in the next couple of weeks who might be better options. Um, but you know, like a Jordan Ridley, for example. But I I understand why people might want to go this week. And sure, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold you back from that. All right, so Clarky, let's swing to the other end of the ground. Patch, you might need to leave the room for this next player. Chad Wingard is 433,000 right. <laughs> $433, He has scored 92 in his last three games. He still sucks. Boo. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get off the stage. We've been, we're being heckled by our own guest. Um, yeah, look, he's on. He's on undeniably a good set of form at the moment. He is also very affordable, which is the key word. Now, Patch, I know that I know that for kayfabe we want that you to have left, but. I understand your misgivings. At 433k, I I will have to say he is a man who is definitely averaging 92 in the three-round average. I would not touch him. For 430k, I your money's better spent in other ways. What about those who don't have Jarman Impey yet at 10k at just 10k more? Would you go for him as a value option in defense uh, in the forward line rather absolutely i i think that's a much better option because he's been doing it all year he's been doing it all year chad wingard has had three 90s like 
you'd rather have more fun and pick Tom McDonald, who's going to score 112, which he did last week, and then he's going to score 60 next week. And I feel like we mention him every single week, and each time my answer is still no. Aaron Hall at 502k. Yes. The, the stats say yes, everything else says yes, but Put him my in the mind beast says no. I don't think I don't think the beast calculator would like him very much, to be honest. The beast calculator didn't like anyone very much last time I put anyone through it. It still likes Warple though. It is a fickle yeah. beast, the beast calculator. Look, right. he's he's definitely a huge risk, but he's doing it. He's he's doing it. Like what like what are you meant to say about that? Like I know it sounds like very converse to be like, oh, Chad Wingard, averaging 92, very cheap option. If he scores 90s, that's okay. To be like Aaron Hall, potential injury risk. But Aaron Hall is scoring like hunt, like tons every week. Like at what point do you just go, he's just doing it? This point is the point where I've said he's just doing it and having been a staunch anti-Aaron Hall activist for the last nine <laughs> rounds, I have caved and you he's did currently it. in my side. And I I don't feel great about it. I've, I I don't enjoy this, but in terms of the forward line options that are coming off their bye, Tom Hawkins is a good one. Toby Green, if he's back, is a good one. Aaron Hall is a, forgive me, Father, good one. He's, he's, an, he's an option. Okay. I love the well, pick. Well, Nigel, I hope we've answered your question about value options that have had the round 12 buy. Now, Took Miller, th- sorry, one lot. Took Miller at 605, is he? That is just not over va- 600. That, that is not a value option. You just want to he talk is, about Took, Took Miller. He is if he's scoring 130. <laughs> but he's not a value option. You just want to talk about Took Miller. I do. I fucking love Took Miller. Okay. Can we. Okay. So. The AFL moved uh, Richmond and West Coast from Thursday night leading into round 14 to Sunday afternoon in round 13, meaning that we've got two less teams playing in round 14, which has created some headaches for some people. Mm-hmm. So the Supercoach HQ has stepped in and given us two more trades, which I'm personally pocketing and then running away with. I'm not using them to help me at all because, to be honest, they just won't. Um, T-Bone on Twitter has asked, do we think using one of the extra trades to sideways players is worth doing even if it doesn't help his buy structure? No. No. Yeah, no. No, I I don't understand. I don't understand the question. Good. Yeah, good question. Um, I won't support you. Um, I know what you want to do. And look, here's the thing. It comes back to the same thing that we say every week. And I, by no means, uh, I'm sick of saying it because you're beautiful people. You Sometimes you just need to hear it. If you have an excess of, tra- like, we don't know your exact situation. If you have an excess of trades, doing your sideways at the buy rounds because you want to jump up a few ranks, totally fine. Look, you're going to do what you're going to do. Trades are a premium though. So remember that. Remember your decision and stick by it. You can't sideways forever. Uh, however, if it's just like a, oh, yeah, no, nah, I just want this guy because he's better. That's, it's not really improving your position because the buy rounds are still going to hurt you so significantly. Yeah, I think 
these extra trades, you should be using them to improve your position, not get rid of players that you're frustrated with. Because I know if it doesn't, it, it's not very good to be frustrated with your players, especially if you're playing for rank. But uh, the aim of the game is to get the rookies off the field first. And if you yep. still got rookies on your field, then they should be your priorities with those extra trades to get to turn into premium players first. Yeah, we worry about the Patrick Cripps of the world once we've got all our rookies off the field. That is when we can turn around and say, Patrick Cripps, you've been bad and annoying and I hate what you've done to me on a personal level. I'm trading you out. But yeah, we, we don't we don't sideways. Um at, at until until you hit that point. Shout out to yeah. Patrick Cripps might be a lovely person. I I I don't I don't mean to say bad things about Patrick Cripps, but he has hurt me. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the value that you put in your own trade. I think would be sort of my final word on that. If you value it, if you value it, then you know hold on to it and use it as you need to, and worry about that at the end when you're going to have trades and people aren't. Uh, if you trade emotionally, then you're just going to piss it into the wind. And I've already said for round 14 that I'm literally just going to pocket the trades that was given to me and pretend that round 14 never happened because they aren't going to help me field 18 players. So I'm, well, I'm not worried in that sense about round 14 and the amount of players I have. So I'm, so John has asked on Twitter, are you worried about round 14 and the amount of players you have to put on the field? Or are you just saying stuff round 14? I'll just do what's best for, for, for my team. And I'm saying stuff round 14. I'm keeping the two trades because I'm not going to go from 11 to, to 18. So I'm keeping the two trades going to help, help me. It's going to help me later down the track. Patch, how many players have you got for round 14 and are you going to use these extra trades to fix your position in round 14? Um, I'm going to use these trades to fix my position in round 14. As for what that position is at the present moment, um, no. But like, it's just a, it's not a good... Like it's, I've got 11 players at this stage and I can't fix that. Am I worried about it? Yes, I am. Um, am I going to say stuff round 14... You're the worst. Yes, I am. There's just not a lot we can do. You kind of take it and run. I'm, I'm going to try and, you know, obviously try and target players that have had the buy this week, going to try to, to not load up on any more players um, with that round 14 buy. So that means I'll probably miss Coleman Jones as a rookie, but I'm, I'm not getting 18. I'm aiming at this stage for maybe 16. Um, and that's, that's just going to have to have to do it and there'll be some people that are that are kind of annoyed at that but there's there's not a lot they you know not a lot that can be done really that's that's the hand we've been dealt we've got to try and play it to the best of our abilities just yeah it's uh it's i'm not going to sideways players to to try and field a side i'm just i'm just going to cop the donuts as they come and we've had a late question added in late question um, we've, we've kind of covered it because it's uh, asking between Kyle Lankford and Aaron Hall um, coming from Fraser Kenny on Twitter just as we've started recording. So I just caught it. Um, he's not sure about either. The extra 30K by going to Lankford leaves him with the extra 100K that it takes to get uh, to danger from MP if need be later on. 
Um, I mean, the, off the top, we have to kind of look at the buy situation of, you know, you'd obviously be getting um, Lankford next week because Lankford has the buy this week. Aaron Hall has the extra week um, of games. So he gets that extra hit of points straight off the bat. Um, but how do we feel, gentlemen, about Kyle Lankford? I really like Kyle Langford, and I, and I think with Andy McGrath out for twelve weeks, that Kyle Langford's really going to step into that Bombers midfield and blitz it. Really, I think he's going to be a great pick, especially yeah. in the forward line. Agreed. Forward mid four hundred and seventy four thousand dollars. Last three round average of one hundred and seventeen point three has been brilliant the last two weeks against West Coast and Richmond, two very good sides, scoring 125, 126 in a lot of centre bounces, doing ruck work against Nick Natanui a few weeks ago, which not sure about how I'm supposed to feel about that, but their centre bounce attendances, which means possessions and points and tackles and all of those things. So I'm I'm a huge avocado for it. Clarky, what are your thoughts? I like it. Uh, I think Kyle Langford was kind of slowly getting it done on the outside of my peripheral because I'm like looking at it, I'm like, how did I not notice this? How Like, how have I been looking at my forward line and going, look like, it's like looking at your house on fire and just going, hang on. The hose was right there. Yeah. Why <laughs> Why am I not doing anything about this? Um, and yeah, hearing your confidence in him brings, brings me some confidence to bring him in at, you know, 400K for, you know, just under 500K round out my forward line. I mean, I have 10 players in round 14. So yikes. I am. Yeah. I'm at the point where like the Richmond move really hurt me. Um, that the moving of that game kind of hurt my plans significantly. So uh, I'm pretty much just going to try and continue as normal and finish out my team and hoping that guys like Kyle Langford uh, and Aaron Hall uh, are going to be bountiful for me in the weeks going forward. But I would, I'll go for Langford, to be honest. Yeah, as long as you're still making a trade this week and you are bringing in points this week, um, I yeah. feel like waiting for Langford. I can endorse that. Yeah. Patch, I'm sure people know, but where can they find you? The internet or my house. If you Please don't find me at my house. That would be really weird. Um, where, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, on Twitter at Patch to the Max. And Clarky, I'm sure people already know, but just remind them where they can find you on the internet. Damn right, you can find me at QuantumJC on the old Twitters. And you can follow me at DamoSC. We'll catch you next week. See you later, community.